have reached an exciting day as we have ended this series actually last week, but it leads us to today. And we have said throughout this series that faith is trusting that God is who he says that he is and that he will do, always will do what he says that he will do. And that leads us to what we're doing today. You see, right after Adam and Eve were created, soon after, they sinned. And at that point, sin just flooded into creation. And at that point, creation was broken. But God promised us that through the seed of a woman, that he was going to send one that would crush the head of evil and would redeem his creation. And it was going to happen when he was ready for that to happen. And then we read in the New Covenant, Romans chapter 5, verse 6, he gives us this information. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and he died for us sinners. You see, it was God's plan. And it would happen according to God's timing when he was ready for it to happen at just the right time. He goes on in Galatians chapter 4, listen to this. But when the right time came, according to God's plan, God sent his son, that's Jesus, to be born of a woman. Remember way back at creation, he said, from the seed of a woman. And then this son that was going to be born of a woman became subject to the law. You see, the New Testament tells us that Jesus is God. The New Testament also tells us that God has these three personalities, these three parts, these three persons. We only serve and worship one God, but somehow, it's beyond my understanding, somehow he is three in one. And there is no illustration, there's nothing on this earth that can really make us understand that. Every single illustration breaks down because it is beyond this earth. God, three, yet one. So God describes himself to us in the Bible as God the Father. He describes himself to us as God the Spirit, and he also describes himself as God the Son. God the Son. Fully, completely, 100% God. God the Son chose to humble himself and to limit himself. You see, God is limitless. And yet Jesus decided to limit himself by putting on this flesh and this blood, this heart that pumps that blood. He had a circulatory system, a respiratory, everything that we have. But this limitless God chose to limit himself by putting on the flesh and blood of his very creation. The creator became the created. God, our creator, stepped down out of heaven and became the humble created. Jesus gives up the perfection of heaven. And he trades it in for the pain of this earth. Jesus traded in his unimaginable throne 
for a dirty stable. He left the presence of angels that were surrounding him and worshiping him. And instead, he surrounded himself by dirty animals. So Jesus stepped out of heaven, and he was born as a man here on earth. Jesus was born to die. Think about that. Jesus was born for one reason. To die. Yes, Jesus gave us a great example of how to live life, but that's not why he came. He was born to die. Galatians chapter 4 says this, that God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to sin, slaves to the law. So that, one reason, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. You see, he died so that we could become God's children. That's why he died. So we could be adopted into his family. And we could be adopted because of the payment of God. And that payment was Jesus. He was born to die. Did you know what? The day he died, some others died with him, around him, near him. The Bible describes that in Luke chapter 23. It says, two others, both criminals were led out to be executed with him. Jesus now, just imagine this, Jesus, who is God, could not sin, so he was sinless, but he died on a cross that was made for a criminal, but he was sinless, and he was surrounded by criminals. Verse 33, when they came to the place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. Jesus willingly was secured to the cross by both iron and our sin. Savior, I come, quiet my soul, remember, redemption's hill, where your blood was spilled, for my
Bible goes on to say, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. The sinless Jesus taking on the weight of the sin of the world, dying between thieves. Verse 34 says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. And then it says this interesting note. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The soldiers at the foot of the cross throwing dice. Rolling the dice to see what, the day, what they would get. What they would win on that day. Who's going to get the clothes? Who's going to get what they want? 
Don't we seem to still do that today? Don't we roll the dice? Come on, Jesus. Baby needs new shoes. Roll the dice. Come on, Jesus. Make me and my life more abundant. We roll the dice. Come on, Jesus. Answer that prayer, Jesus. Woohoo! I'm on a roll! Bam! Eternal life. We look at the cross and we see what we get. He gets my sin and I get off the hook. We look at following Jesus and we see what we get out of it. Eternal life. God's Spirit living inside of me right now. Woo! Following Jesus, it is not about rolling the dice to see what we get. To see what we're going to gain from Jesus. Rather, it is what you give up. Jesus put it this way in Luke chapter 9. It says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. And then he goes on. He didn't stop there. In verse 27 he says, And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Now listen, when he used the word cross, they did not imagine to themselves a gold piece of jewelry that's hanging around their neck. No, no, they had no idea. Our understanding of the cross today is kind of a beautiful thing because we know what that cross represents. But for them, it represented nothing more than death, a horrible death. And Jesus told them, you will pick, if you want to follow me, you will pick up that cross, your cross. Not his cross, not her cross, your cross, and you will follow me if you want to be my follower. I mean, if it was going to be jewelry, then they w it would be as if today we walked around with a piece of jewelry that was the electric chair. And that people would look at you and say, whoa, that is weird. You are weird. The cross meant nothing to them but torture and death. And Jesus told them, if you want to follow me, I'm going to be carrying my cross. And we're not just carrying it for a stroll. They knew. It, you, whoever carried the cross was carrying their cross to death. Their death. Jesus said, oh yeah, you want to be my follower? You'll pick up your cross daily and follow me. And if you don't carry your cross and follow me, you actually cannot be my disciple. At some point, we have to quit rolling the dice and hoping for more Jesus gifts in our lives.
And we have to start paying the price. In fact, Jesus went as far as this. He, he, he told us that before we choose to follow Jesus, that we should actually look at what it is going to cost us, and then we must make a rational decision. Am I willing to pay that price to follow Jesus? We have to decide. Here's how Jesus put it. Let's just look at his words. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. He said this, But don't begin... In in other words, don't begin following me. Don't pick up that cross and follow me until you count the cost. He says, for who would begin a construction of, of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there was enough money to finish it? Wait a minute, Harley... Wait, I thought this was all free. It is for your freedom that Jesus died. But it will cost you your all. A change of ownership. And this is is a great paradox, and it's a great mystery. Because it is free. Because we could never earn it. We can't be good enough to earn it. It, We could never earn it. It had to be earned for us. So it is free. We would never ever be able to deserve it. So yes, it is free. Jesus had to earn it for us. So it is free. But at the same time, it cost us our all. Jesus goes on. He explains it this way in verse 33. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything that you own. It seems only in America and in this Western civilization that we've created that we have taken the gospel, which is a call of Christ to follow Him, and we have mutilated it into something that costs us nothing, but gives us everything. And somehow it allows us to continue to live uh, our own lives in our own ways on our own terms. And that, my friends, that is a phony, Americanized gospel. So let's set the record straight. Jesus came to die a horrible death, to pay the price for my sin, for your sin. For our sin. And it was a price that we could never ever pay. And what does it cost us? It costs us a simple yes. 
So it is free. But what does that yes cost us? Our all. Following him with our all. Taking up our cross daily. Denying ourselves and following him. Let's go back to verse 35 now. It says, The crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. So let him save himself. If he's really God the Messiah, the chosen one. Matthew verse 27, verse 44 says this, In the same way, even the criminals who were crucified with him kept taunting him. So not only the leaders on the ground looking up, taunting Jesus, but now he's surrounded by these criminals, and they are taunting Jesus from their crosses. They're taunting Jesus. Back to Luke chapter 23. The soldiers mocked him too. So now the soldiers who are killing Jesus and these other, they're mocking Jesus. And they say they're offering him a, a, a drink of sour wine. In verse 37, they called out to him, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Verse 38, a sign was fastened to the cross above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. And then something changed. Something changed. The two criminals were no longer united in mocking Jesus. The Bible goes on in verse 39. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it. Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But you see, something had changed. Something changed for the other criminal. Verse 40 says, but the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die, he said, for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said, Jesus, did you catch that? He looked at the Messiah and called him by name. He knew who Jesus was. He said, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. That criminal, he knew that he was not worthy of the mercy of this Messiah. But this criminal speaks up and he asked for the very mercy that he did not deserve. And in verse 43, Jesus replies to him. He says, I assure you, 
today. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And that very day, Jesus died, paying the blood sacrifice for my sins, for your sins, and all of those who say yes to the mercy of Jesus, the grace of our God. All of those who say yes, and then they are compelled to deny themselves and compelled to take up their cross daily and to follow Him because He has made them children of God. Galatians 4 tells us about it. And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Do you know what? Literally, the word for Abba Father, literally it means that we cry out, Daddy! Daddy! Now you are no longer a slave, but you are God's own child. And since you are His child, God has made you his heir. The love of the Father sent Jesus the Son to die for our sins. And now the Holy Spirit. The Bible describes that the Holy Spirit draws us towards God and points us to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. The Bible describes Jesus as Emmanuel, which means God living, walking among us. That's Jesus. Living, walking among us. What an amazing gift. But it doesn't end there. Because then we got God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not among us, not living among us, but the Bible says living within us, a gift from God, if you are a follower of Jesus. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence
He adopted us as His very own children. And since we are His children, we are heirs to the King. We went from criminals to royalty. Jesus was born to die. Sinless Jesus died with our sin. And he died between thieves. He died between thieves. So that thieves could become his children. Now, it's time for us to remember that sacrifice together. The sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And we're going to do that with these three stations. Visit each station in any order. Pick up the piece of paper on either end of the station Look at that paper. Read what's on that paper. Look at the elements, the, the, the visuals at the station. Have a private conversation between yourself and God. And then take the action step that's on that paper. And when you're done, just prayerfully, quietly, return to your seat. And we will continue this worship experience together. Let me pray for us, and then you just get up and begin moving to the three stations. Let's pray. God, may we together remember what you did for us. Thank you, Jesus. It is in your name we pray these things. Amen.